What's up, everybody? Before we dive into today's episode, I have a quick thing I want to share with you. I think I mentioned it later in this episode, but I have started working with the Keto Road True Nutrition Coaching as a one-on-one holistic ketogenic nutrition coach. I can work with you to help put together your macros, how you should be eating, work with you on mindset, action planning. The program includes coaching calls, daily check-ins, and exclusive access. So if this is something you're interested in, go check it out at theketoroad.com. And now, on to the show. Hello there, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I'm glad to have you here to hear another amazing story of, of a dude who has uh, battled his weight and come out the other side this time. And I, I don't want to, you know, go too far into that introduction without without saying hello to my guest today. And that is David Roden. David, how are you doing? I am phenomenal. Thank you for having me on the show today. Well, I figured it was only fair. You you, you had me on your show, so I, I like to turn the tables and, and let the interviewer get into the hot seat. So I, I'm just excited to bring everyone. You have a, a lot of, of experience to share with people, man. So we're going to get right to it. Start with that first question. And that is, David, tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? First and foremost, I love how you say that because I'm a firm believer in like who you take advice from. It's like you got to listen to people who have what you want and have been where you're at. Because obviously someone who's fit their whole life trying to teach someone that's morbidly obese how to become fit, they, they don't understand it fully. They just, they just don't because they've never experienced it. And so um, for me, a little backstory of who I am, um, by the time I was – I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan – um, the, I'll, I'll start with the most ironic parts of it all. My, my father's an interventional cardiologist. So he dealt with heart attacks. Um, that was his specialty. My mom was a nurse and I grew up in the perfect setup. Like your, your dad's a doctor. I grew up in a 7,000 square foot house, like indoor basketball court. Everything was kind of perfect for me growing up. Not, didn't have a lot of arguments or anything like that. However, Fascinating and fascinating enough, by the time I was 18 years old, I weighed over 400 pounds. <laughs> and it's a very interesting story of kind of it all happened. The, the simplest way to kind of convey it um, is my dad working 90 plus hours a week consistently. He just wasn't, he, he, I didn't have that, that male figure, that kind of like that tough love of, hey, you, you can't eat that cake or, Hey, you can't, you can't eat that. Like that's just not, not acceptable. And my, uh, my mom, who's an incredible support system, she, um, was dealing with a lot because I have a special needs brother at the time who was a lot of just hands-on work, had some anger issues. And so, all right, you, you are 13, 14, 15, 16 years old and your mom gives you a credit card and says, don't be stupid, but you can pretty much put whatever you want on it as long as you're not buying an Xbox. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> and what do most 12 to 18 year old kids want? Food and video games. That and so um, I I was eating. Um, looking back on my my 400 pound life um, as a child, I was eating a Costco sized bag of Reese's almost every single day. I was, and because my my household was the the big hub of all my friends, we had a massive pantry with food in it, 
and my mom would just fill it. She didn't know who was eating it. And I would do my due diligence of kind of conveying the message that wasn't me. So I'd, I'd hide the wrappers a little bit and then I'd put, dump in a bunch of wrappers into the trash all at the same time. So you couldn't tell who was eating them. Um, and I was drinking 15 to 20 diet Cokes a day. And I was playing video games for five hours a day till three, four in the morning. So I was getting lack of sleep. Um, I was eating probably six to six to 8,000 calories a day. I wasn't drinking enough water. I wasn't working out and crazy concept. You become pretty overweight. (laughs) Um, But things got interesting because at the same time, all this is happening, obviously with my dad and his medical background, his first instinct is, all right, what's medically wrong with you as things kind of progress? Because I was at this point, by the time I was 15, I was already 300 pounds um, and I was pre-diabetic. I had high blood pressure. Um, it was, it was, I had a lot of issues metabolically. And so my dad had me going to an endocrinologist. Um, I ended up having like a, a brain scan done. I did have a cyst, a small little growth on my, on my pituitary gland in my brain. And I was told for multiple years by my doctor, maybe that's why you're overweight. I, I literally, one of the quotes I will never forget. I was probably 17, 18 years old this time. And um, at, at my endocrinologist. And he says to me, you know, David, we may be able to put you in the Sahara desert for six months and you just may not lose weight. And it's, and it's interesting because I know the doctor is just trying to, trying to convey a message of support. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I used that excuse for years. I mean, I used that, I used that excuse all the way up until I was 22 years old. Um, where even after, um, when I was like 19, 20, the cyst disappeared, I'd have MRI CAT scans done every six months and it just disappeared. It was gone. Um, and, but I still use that story of this cyst and this, this, this issue that I somehow had as a crutch to why I was at where I was at. Now, looking back on it, (laughs) there's no way the doctor knew I was eating just all this food and sitting and obviously you can lie to a doctor. It's pretty easy. He's only going to take your word for what your word says. And so, and so, yeah, so I, I lived that, um, that obese life till 22. Um, and depends on which way you want to go. I mean, w- one of the big things I talk about in my book and I talk about my story is it's, it's very interesting because, I mean, obviously with, with my dad's resources, Anytime I wanted change, I got it. So my dad bought me, we had a gym in our house. So if I wanted the new Abripper X, he got it for me. If I wanted P90X, he got it for me. If I wanted whatever it was, whatever system I wanted to try, he he bought it. Like he's sweet, cool, great, have it. Um, but it was it was always like I I treat it like a try. I treat it like a mm, we'll see if this one works kind of kind of mentality. Like what we talked about on the show last when you were on our show, like that. I I always allowed the system to kind of portray failure and not myself. Um, And then on top of it, it it is very interesting. When I was a senior in high school, I mean, I actually hit my lowest of lows, um, being 410 pounds. um, I was just in a very goofy place because my my grades were plummeting. I was going to a chiropractor three days a week because my back was all messed up. Um, and so I, I got into a really dark place my senior year of high school because 
I just felt just ruined by everything. I, I felt like there was there was no end in sight because I didn't I wasn't I almost didn't get into univer like a university. I thought I was gonna have to go to CC because my grades started plummeting, which for me is a very big issue. And I'm like, all right, I'm 410 pounds. I may not get into college or a university. I'm gonna ha- I may have to go to a CC. I'm a failure. Like I just was like, what what's the point? Con- considering my dad's a doctor and all this kind of stuff, I'm like, I am a I'm a waste of space at 18 years old. Like, and then all I saw in my future was just more struggle. And so um, it's it's hard to say, but it's it, it is a reality of my life. I almost ended my life twice my senior year of high school. No one knew. Not so when I wrote my book and I had my dad read um read the first uh draft and he read that, he came to me and he burst into tears. I mean, he, and he looked at me like and this was this is me at 20 at the time now 27, um losing all the weight, all this kind of stuff, but he had no idea I was in such a dark place when I was 18. Um and he just felt he felt like, "Oh my gosh, what was where was I?" Um and so, and I had to work him through that. Like, Hey man, like there's no dad, there's nothing you could have done. Like they, I, I was in my own little world. There's, there's nothing you could have done to, to make it better or make it worse. It, it was what it was like. That's, that's where things were at my life. Um, and, uh, thank God I, I, I didn't, I didn't go through with it. And, um, I, I got into college and I kind of floated for the next three, four years. Um, of living around 400 pounds and you do the classic lose 20, gain 20, lose 20, gain 20. Um, and then my, the, the, the real shift happened, um, when I was 22, where the thing to me is I always, I always kind of convey the message of people make drastic change from one of two ways. Inspiration, meaning they hear a story, they, they get a whole new perspective on life and they get inspired to make change. Or desperation, aka like like uh, John, where it's like he almost died, and it's like, all right, I need to change. Um, mine actually ended up not being the desperational moment when I was eighteen. It ended up being an inspirational moment when I was like twenty two. Um, I decided I didn't want to go to med school anymore, and I was like, all right, what am I going to do with my life? And I was in this. I was uh, my my first three four years of college. I played still played a lot of video games and and went to class and that was about it and um one of my junior senior year hit and i was in this trans like transition phase of not going into med school and i started to like okay what do i want to do with my life okay do i want to get into business what do i want to do i got connected to a new group of friends and they were all just heavy into personal growth personal development reading books um going to to seminars going to tony robbins going to all these different um, mental transition and progressive um, belief systems kind of deal. And the, the thing for me was the first book they kind of gave to me was The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And that book really just changed the whole, my whole perspective on, on life because most of us are taught, number one, like, I, w- I was I looked at 400 pound David and I looked at the idea of having to lose 200 pounds as such a ridiculous goal and such a ridiculous uh, mountain to get over 
that you just never really try. That's what it came down to. Like every time I would do something, I, I, you'd put a little bit of effort in. I put a little bit of effort, but I always gave myself the out because that just seemed always too big to handle. But the book um, kind of conveys like, all right, well, and it's so funny. You look at it now and you're like, well, that is the most simple thing ever. How do you lose 200 pounds? If you lose two pounds a week for 100 weeks, you lose 200 pounds. And I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. I like that. And so I was like, all right, screw it. I'm 410. Next week, I'm going to be 408. And I wrote it down and I was like, I'm going to be 408 next week. Cool. Next week, I hit it. I'm like, sweet. Okay. Now I'm going to go to 406. Boom. Hit that goal. I was like, okay, cool. Cool. 404. And literally, for the first 50 pounds of my weight loss, I only focused on two pounds a week. That was, that was it. It was, it was the goal big enough that excited me, but small enough that I believed I could hit. And I, that's all I focused on for the first 50 pounds. And the, the real inspirational moment was when I hit that 50-pound mark on the scale. I was like 360 at that point. That like aha moment hit. And I just went absolutely balls to the wall. Um, and then over the next about year and a half, two years, so little over two and a half years was my total weight loss. I didn't, that's what I was talking about too. I didn't lose the weight the fastest. I was just very consistent. Um, and over the next two and a half years, I lost 160 pounds, um, and had excess skin removal surgery when I was what, 25, um, after losing 160. And then after that point, I was like, I always focused on cardio up until the I got down to like 235 um, and after my two excess skin removal surgeries. And so then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get into bodybuilding. I'm going to get into strength training. So I spent the next two and a half years really diving into strength training and bodybuilding. Ended up competing in a bodybuilding show back in November. I was 212 pounds and probably like 9% body fat, 8% body fat. And uh, now we're here. <laughs> right. And so I want to get... Yeah, I want to get it. I want to get into kind of that part of it, but I do want to before we get too far away from younger David. I, I there's a couple of things I I kind of want to go back to there because I I think people are probably listening and they're hearing because it's funny because I I almost chuckled a little bit as you're as you're telling that story of growing up, you know, the the child of a cardiologist and a nurse, and you're the one developing this massive weight problem you know, kind of under their, under their noses. And I, I chuckle because I have a lot of friends that have that almost similar experience where they're in that household where your immediate thought is you're, this is not the person who should end up 400, 500 pounds. This is not the person that should head in that direction. You know, why, why wasn't the, you know, why weren't there, you know, flare guns being shot into the air or why didn't the person think, well, wow, you know, is my dad's a cardiologist. Am I going to have a heart attack? Like, what's going on with me? Like, so what I'm just really curious about is what was your, because everyone gets fat different. You know, I, I think some people come to it, you know, through traumatic episodes and experiences, and some people come to it through, they just don't understand food. And, you know, it sounds like for you, a lot of it was access and access and the ability to kind of control that access yourself. And I'm just curious, like, what were your thoughts when that was happening? Like, were knowing, you know, that your family did kind of see the issue, but was it something that had an impact on like your friend relationships or things at school? Or like, was it for you like this is just, 
yeah, I should do something, but this is kind of more, I like my life the way it is. Like, where where was it's, your head at in all of that? It's interesting because a couple different stories that kind of put some some perspective on it. Number one, um, I am probably 17 and a half, um, getting back from a, a doctor's appointment. And the um, I step on the scale the first time we're 400 pounds. And um, I, I was actually probably a little more than that because the joke is when you step on these big scales that at that level, they have like little handlebars and I would like lift a little bit. So I probably was like probably like four, four, ten, whatever at that point, too. You know, I was like, oh, because because lifting and taking off five or ten pounds is such a big deal. <laughs> um, but I remember the next day going to school and I went to some of my buddies and I was like, all right, uh, I, I just have a question, guys. How much do you think I weigh? And they were like, I don't know, like 300, 310, 3, 310. And they were all like saying right around 300 pounds. And I go home that night and I go, mom, I look pretty good for 400 pounds because all my friends think I'm 300. <laughs> and it's, it, it, I look back at that. I'm like, I'm like me trying to, to rationalize being 400 pounds going, I look pretty good for being 400 pounds. Well, it's um, funny you it's funny yeah. you say that because like the other thing I think is I think for people, especially even younger people like 300 pounds is this massive number in their mind where when you are 300 pounds or you're getting over 300 pounds, it doesn't see, you know, it's not like especially when you get to 400 or or 500, you realize that 300 wasn't even that big. But I think I think a lot of times people look at someone once they kind of get past a certain point size wise and they're like 300 maybe like because conceptually like even for them like think about it you know for a 17 year old to think 400 pounds or is that is that even possible like so it, you know and, and probably having that perspective but so i can immediately see that reaction on your side like oh well i mean they took 100 pounds off just by looking at me so i must be yeah. you know i'm, I'm, I'm solid good. You know, I'm I'm big boned. You know, I'm big exactly. boned. I'm not, I, I'm not I'm not a big you know I, I'm not a garbage bag full of Jello pudding. I'm just big boned. Like exactly, yeah. I, I I look good for this. And mm. I mean, yeah, I could lose some weight, but yeah, I, mean, I look good. Right, um, right. Oh goodness, that definitely played a role. Um, so I kind of put you in the, in the place of where I was mentally. Also, the other big thing for me mentally, um, I. And this kind of goes into what's so fascinating about just like my my two um, point my two dark points in senior high school. I was the most outgoing, goofy, funny, fat guy. Um, in, not only in our our high school, but our district. So I went to I grew up in Forest Hills Northern or Forest Hills, which Forest Hills is a is a bougier high school district um, and public school and. Um, the, between the three high schools, we had four thousand kids. Um, between the three three high schools, I'm telling you, I was the most well known person between those four thousand kids in the entire district. People knew who I was because I was the. I'd go to all three high schools. I'd go. We'd, I would just have that fun. Um, just build friendships with everyone, personality, and so I needed. I I I didn't love myself, and so. Um, I said, the best thing I can do is be fun, be the funny fat guy that everyone loves and admires, um, because I don't love and admire myself. And so like, even my, my high school graduation, 
there was probably 800 to a thousand kids at my or like people at my high school graduation party. And I mean, it was just massive. And so like that, that was me. I was, I was a bigger than life personality. Um, but I also, I will admit like the bigger than life personality is I've always been that way. Like even when I was like growing up and when I was like in second, third grade, um, it was always like in my old neighborhood, it was, oh, you're David's son, not, oh, you're Ray and Karen's kid. Like it's always, everything's put from the perspective of David, not from a perspective of the parents. Does, does that make sense? Like people knew me first, even before they knew my parents in, in our neighborhood. Cause I was just, the, I walked around, asked questions. I said hi to everyone. That's just always been my personality type. Um, but w- when I, when I look back at high school, especially too, I would, <laughs> this is funny. I used to, if I knew there was someone that didn't like me for whatever reason, it didn't even matter what the reason was. I put it on myself that this person had to like me. I I had to, like, I couldn't, the idea of someone not liking me was so tough to deal with that the, the go-to thing was I, since I have a mom's credit card and I literally there, there was, I've never got talked to about spending too much money. And, um, I used to take people to like B-dubs or the movies and I'd pay for it just to kind of like try to pay my way into their friendship because I knew they didn't like me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that that was the and and, and it all and I, looking back on it, it was all just came down to because I just didn't have self-worth in who I was. And so it's like, all right, if I can make people perceive me as a great person, then I'm a great person. Obviously, we know that's not true. <laughs> looking looking back at it now, but we all we all create those those fronts. And I I love what you said there because it's like we all. That's that's why I'm not I'm not a huge fan of of a one size fits all program. I'm not a fan of one size fits all mental shifts. It's like it's being like connecting with someone on an individually basis because people get to the obese life in such different ways. Like for me, it really was. Um, if, if I were to kind of put it down to a, to a point, cause people said, was I doing it for attention? No, I wasn't doing it for attention. Cause my, my brother was a handful and my dad worked a lot. No, I, that, that's not what it was. It was, it was honestly looking back on it. It was over resource. Like I had too many, re- I had infinite resources and no tough love. And it was always just like, Oh, good, good. Yeah. Do what you want to do. And I never had the, Nope, you can't have that. Nope, nope, that's not okay. And and so I was just like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what it was for me. And I think that's a great perspective. Like, I, I think, it, and it's funny because, like, I think you can look at five people that get to the same weight and they all get have different stories as why they get there. And that's why, like, sometimes I'm, I'm bringing people on the show and I'm talking to them and they're like, well, there's nothing unique about my story. You know, other people have told it. And I'm like, everyone has something unique in their story to tell because it's not there's it's literally like just as we don't have one answer how to lose the weight, we don't have one answer to how we gain the weight. Like, yes, I mean, sure, of course, you know, medically, we know it's excess calories and reduced calories like that's a simple equation, you know, eat too much, gain weight. But it's how you come about eating too much, like because our stories can be so, so different and varied. and. And that's so we're we're kind of we've got to that point where you you decided to make the change. You know, you discovered that resource that that put it in terms to you that allowed you to to see it as something you might be able to manage. You know, two hundred pounds losing was 
was an overwhelming task, but two pounds a week was something you could manage. What I think people are probably curious about, you know, when you did say, you know, there isn't one size fits all plan is what changes did you make to, to start to see that that weight come off? Like what were the the things you focused on to start seeing those two pounds a week disappear? 100%. So a couple things to, to preface it. One thing I enjoy trying now once i made the mental shift it's fascinating how the programs that used to not work now work <laughs> and so i i pride myself on in the last six years of my transformation i've done intermittent fasting extended fasting uh calorie counting macro counting keto low carb obviously i think there's a difference between keto and low carb a little bit um and yeah i've done multiple programs um, the five small meals a day perspective. I've done um, multiple programs in the last six years through my transformation just to see how my body reacts differently. Uh, how did I start? I started with um, number one was drinking a gallon of water a day. That was a, I was just reading into a lot where just like just drinking a gallon of water a day has just so many benefits for hunger issues for just the how the body works that was one thing i just implemented day one i was like all right i'm gonna drink a gallon of water a day i was the savage that literally when i was in college would bring a gallon drug to class that was just like i had to because it's like if i didn't have it physically with me it would just never get done um and so i just kept a gallon jug with me at all times I was like all right it's gotta be gone by the time i get home and so that was number one and then number two it was it was macro slash calorie counting i weighed all my food I needed to, it really kind of put in perspective for me of portion control. It really, once I, I, I downloaded my fitness pal and I just started getting into um, just understanding what I was eating and just whether I hated it, I wrote, I put it in my fitness pal. If I ate a Snickers bar, which happened, I put it in my fitness pal and, and, and you, you start, I started getting to the habit, number one it got to the point where I'm like, all right, I want a Snickers, but that means I got to put it in the log and I really don't want to put it in the log. And so I'm just not going to eat Snickers. <laughs> and so that kind of that, that, that emotional check that, that, Hey, the, the calories on the, the app doesn't lie as long as you're not lying to yourself. Um, and then two, um, it really, I, I, I did a lot of portion control of just weighing my food for the first six months to year straight. Um, I would say now it's also one of those things where I've done it for so long where you, 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 when, when you've made that mental shift and you've been consistent for a long enough time, you can look at something and have a general idea of how many calories are in it. Obviously within reason, cause I mean, fats like you salad dressing and stuff can, can be deceiving. Um, but I, I could look at something relatively today and know how many calories, the general macronutrients of it, uh, by the time I just had no frame of reference. And so I weighed everything. Um, and I was doing five small meals a day. Um, I, 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 I did it. I didn't necessarily like doing it, but that was what I was taught at the time was the right way to do it. Um, but again, since I was controlling my calories, since I was focusing on a higher protein diet, since I was drinking a gallon of water a day, obviously you start making those good habits. It's going to work. <laughs> Um, and then when it came to the workout side of things, I, I 
it was basically walking. And honestly, my biggest thing, because I was just like, okay, I just got to move my body more. I wasn't too into strength training at this point because I had a bad experience. My, my, freshman, my freshman year of college, I made a bet with my roommate that I could work out for 30 straight days. And I did strength training at 400 pounds. And I went in from the get-go. Terrible decision. Because when you're that overweight, your, your muscles, your body's not ready for that. And so by day like 10, my body was in such, was so tight and so cramped out that I quit. And I was just like, no, I can't do this. And so I was, I was really turned off by strength training because I just pushed too quick. Um, so literally my, my first hundred pounds, of my weight loss is playing pickup basketball. <laughs> when it came to my workout routine, it was, it was honestly playing pickup basketball for an hour to two every day. That's all it was. Mm hmm. I, you said something that I, I think is important that isn't even necessarily a hallmark of your story, but a, a point that I think people miss. And it's like, it's that when you get your mindset into the right place, any program you pick is going to work. And 100%. really, really, it comes to fine tuning. What is the program that you feel best doing and you can sustain and can live with and, and all of those questions. But it, it's so and and I think you see this definitely now, I'm sure, being kind of in that that fitness sphere, like the weight loss sphere, like people get so zealous about their diets. You know, I say that as someone who exists in the keto space, which, you know, for some people we're we're becoming as annoying as as vegans used to be the oh, past God. couple of years. I'm you know, kidding. like <laughs> You, you know, I'll be like, honest. That's the only one I haven't done is vegan. You know, you know, br bread is bread is the bread is death cult. Um, you know, you oh, it's it. Do you stab yourself every day? Then 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 why did you have toast with your breakfast? Because that's stabbing yourself. Um, but I, I think it's like we get so wrapped up in our. It's almost like diet dieting becomes ideology because you see such great results and you feel so great and things go so well for you and like I. So I understand where it comes from because I've been in that place myself where. You know, it's keto or die, you know, for people. But I really think like it, it comes down to, you know, if the your head's not right, nothing is going to work. You know, nothing like because you could like I, I look at my own story like I did. A, I did a weight loss program and lost all the weight and gained it all right back, you know, blinking my eyes because I did no work on the mental side of things. Like so I like hearing that you, you were taking that mindset approach as you got started and. What what I'm curious about is how your mindset evolved from this, you know, the weight loss side of things and getting healthier and, you know, cardio was a focus. And then you decided to, to, to get on a bodybuilding stage. Like where, when, how did that shift happen for you? Like, what was that like? Because the funny thing is, like, I think it happens to more people than we think about. And not everyone is obviously as, as successful at it. And maybe not everyone should do it because I've seen a lot of people kind of go down that road and the, the boomerang result in the end is not healthy for them because they didn't have that right mindset. But for you, clearly, it was a defined path that ended up taking you to some good places. Like, so what what made you where did that even come from? I guess let, let's start there. Yeah. So uh, a couple different places. Number one, since progress in mental i'm i got really big into the psychology of people as a, as my progression was happening as my weight loss was happening like it was i was so psych like how do i tick 
Like what belief systems am I using? Like what, how asking myself these questions of how do I see the world? Like what, what do honestly, as a David, as a person, how do I see the world? Is that the right way to see the world? And so I would, I would, one of my, one of the, my favorite books that really made the most impact for the sustainability of just change for me and progress was a book called the essential guide to neuro-linguistic programming. It's, it, it's a big read. Um, but it, it just kind of, it breaks down a lot of the mysticism with how people tick and it gives you functional tasks that can help with everyday life. Like for example, um, you've heard of Pavlov's dog. Like, yeah, like, like how we're, how we're wired for a triggered response based upon past experiences. And we're taught this in eighth grade, but why aren't we taught to use it in everyday life to help ourselves? Like, oh, cool. Dogs salivate when you put, when you ring a bell. Isn't that nifty? How about, how about I use this to, to help myself? I'm like, so in that book, it, it te- teaches about like trigger points and like anchors. And so, for example, I built an anchor over many years that when I push my thumb against my middle finger on the second knuckle, I would visualize some of the most incredible, relaxing experiences I've ever had. And I would push my, I'd push my thumb against my knuckle and I would do it over and over and over and over and over and over again till I literally retrained my mind that every time my thumb touches my, my middle ring finger or middle finger in the second knuckle, I just get this euphoric, blissful feeling. And it's just, it's a real thing. And I, so like I focus so heavily on the mental shift that I know going forward into any task that I want to do, any aspiration, I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking it through very logically because a lot of people, especially what you're saying, when they get into the bodybuilding space, they're doing it to a point where I need to look so sexy. So everyone loves me. And it's like, no, 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 no. If you want to do it from a position of like, I want to challenge myself. I want to do something new and different, exciting, but I'm going to also keep it healthy. Okay, cool. But like that, it, it, it can oftentimes, if you don't focus on the mental side of things, it's like any, just like you said, it's, it's the egotistical focusing on a single program and white knuckling it. It's a, if you're not focusing on yourself as how you see the world, the belief systems you have, the, the character traits you want to be, um, if you're not coming from that position, as soon as the, the, the program you're on ends, whether it's by choice or by accident, you're going to relapse to what your original beliefs of the world are. And so like, so, so a very long answer for a short question um, was then basically I wanted a new challenge after I had lost that after my two access skin removal surgeries. Um, I had two, two general options. Cause I, I do believe in, you got to always challenge yourself. I don't know what that challenge is. Um, I, I think every year to two years, you need to do something that really challenges you physically. So if that's running a half marathon. Great. If it's doing a Tough mutter, great. If it's going and doing a bodybuilding show, great. I, I don't care what it is. I think you need some type of competitive, at least for me, I needed some type of competitive advantage that kept me in check going, all right, well, I'm about to run a marathon the next whatever. And for me, um, I have a really, I've just, I just have really goofy knees. And so like, I have a, I have a bad left knee that's just been giving me trouble for years. Um, and so 
I have basically two choices. I was like, all right, am I going to do an Ironman or am I going to do bodybuilding? Because I want to do something new and exciting and different. And so I was like, all right, if I do an Ironman, I don't know how this is going to how this is going to fit me long term with my knees and stuff like that. I'm I'm already 26 and 27. I have a goofy knee. If I'm going to run a freaking marathon, I'm probably going to blow it out. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, let's not do that. Let's get into bodybuilding. And so I was like, let's do something new. And so um, I got into bodybuilding. But I will tell you, I, I did have some some issues. Um, number one being when I got into the bodybuilding side after the after the show, um, the first 170 pounds of my weight loss it's good to have a goal. It's good to have, I don't know if it's belt sizes. I don't know if it's shirt sizes. I don't For me, it was the number on the scale. That, that was my, my go-to sense of progress. Um, and after getting down to about 235, 230, 235 and started getting into bodybuilding, it was goofy knowing that I was physically looking better but I went from like 235 to like 238 or if I, I'd, I'd, I would work my butt off and I'd only lose a half a pound. And I'm like, wait, 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 this is so goofy. But my delts were getting bigger. My shoulders, my chest was getting bigger. Like I was and but I was also getting physically leaner. But because of never doing strength training up until this point, when I really got into like building muscle, it did mess with me stepping on the scale and like, wow, I just, I'm not progressing. And because like, that was my focus. And I was like, I had to step back and be like, all right, David. Is that the only sense of progress? And I was like, no, 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 that's not true. Okay, let's look at body fat percentage and let's look at how I look and like let's take that into consideration. And so it's like with with John, where it's like the gains between. And I started to reevaluate where I saw progress, um, and that turned into all right. Let's look at body fat percentage and look at let's look at strength. Let's look at that those metrics. And that kind of got me back back on a better path of oh I'm pro- I'm progressing again I'm progressing, um, and I think that's that's a big thing too. Like I was just listening to audio this morning with Tony Robbins and like, is the goal change or is the goal progressing? And the goal goal should be progress, like always making progress, whatever that progress is. Change change is inevitable. Every day we change, but is it is it? effective change is it is it progressive change um and so i always i I do my best at focusing on progress and stealing progress and it's like as long as that's as long as i'm progressing great that's all that matters and so that kind of keeps me in check where when i got into bodybuilding because because like two things happen with bodybuilders number one most bodybuilders number one they get crazy mental breakdown of like looking at every flaw they have and it's brutal just brutal and then number two you get into people that get into strength training and they completely forget their obese life and they start getting super overweight, but they're gaining a bunch of strength. And it's like, bro, yeah, like, yeah, be careful, man. Like you're, 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 yeah, yeah, you can, you can now squat 600 pounds, but you're back up to 300, boy. You got to be careful. Like you, you, you're, you're on a slippery slope right now. You got, you got to keep, you got to keep this in check. Um, and so you see a lot of that because again, people, I spent so much time in the first four years, the transformation on thinking about how I'm perceiving everything. Like I really think things through to the best of my ability. Like, am I doing this from a place of progress and growth or am I doing this from a place of vanity? It's like, okay, let me ask myself that question. I'm like, Ooh, that's a pretty vain thing. Like, okay. And so, so I just, since I spent so much time in the mental side of things for me today, it's like, it, it, 
four hundred pound David seems like a second life. It's it's not even a position of like it, it, it's it's not because so many people when they lose the weight when they white knuckle it especially they just focus on they just do keto or they do intermittent fasting or whatever it is and they just white knuckle it. They always sit with this position of I don't, what if I go back? What if I go back? But since I focus on the mental side of things and how I perceive the world and how I see myself, it's not even an option. Like I'm, I'm so past what 400 David was like as a person that it, it, it's, it's not even an option anymore to me. That, that's the way I look at it. I think that's a, that's a powerful perspective for people to hear. And what it, what it makes me curious about, like knowing what you've come through and what you've accomplished, you know, getting on that stage. And then your talk, though, about progress being, you know, the the focus, like, what are the what's coming next for you physically? Like, what are the next what's that that next challenge in sight, man? What are, where, mm-hmm. where are you at now with that? So I, I have like two things off the top of my head. Um, number one is creating more sustainability. Because um, one thing that's really wild is when you're getting ready for this bodybuilding show. So the full story, and I, I love this whole, okay, so many people compound problems by making stupid decisions in a in a poor mental state, meaning um, my wife's getting mad at me, so I'm going to go eat my struggles. You're literally just compounding the problem because you already say you hate your body and now you're compounding it by using some habit that's not actually benefiting you, it's harming you. Um, and so, so many people allow life to dictate their life and it's like it doesn't matter like how you decide the meaning of something controls the progressive realization in your life and so i I used that personally when it came to um, bodybuilding and doing this competition where um a year and a half ago on halloween um so halloween 2018 i tore my knee I tore my PCL playing basketball um, and that I had six months beforehand, I made the goal to myself in the next two years, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do my bodybuilding show. And um, so I'm at this point and I got to, I'm, I'm, I didn't do that first year. So I'm like, all right, I got to do it next year. And I just tear my PCL. And I'm like, well, shoot. Um, I, told myself I was going to do it this year. So I guess I'm just going to have to figure it out. And so November 2nd, I found that I tore my PCL after the MRI and everything. And I'm in this position. What would most people do? Why me? This sucks. They're going to, I can't do my cardio. I can't do this anymore. And you, you just sit in this, you, you, you double down on all your problems by making your problems worse with the actions you take. And so I was like, all right, let's step off. Let's think about this. I'm like, what's another meaning I can make this niche, this, this, tearing my knee what's another meaning i can create from this and i go all right i can use it as a catalyst to prove a point that no matter what happens to you you can make it happen i was like perfect and so at this point of strength of strength training i was the biggest i've ever been i i I got into a little bit of of an issue um of overtraining overeating i got up to at this point um november of 2018 i was back up to like 275 and like probably 28% body fat. Um, so I was, I was getting up there and I was like, all right, it, it's, it's time just to make it happen. I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do a bodybuilding show next year. 
and I set the date. I did. I was doing the November second show, which is basically November first. So was, I had 364 days to get as strong and as lean as possible after tearing my PCL two days beforehand. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's figure it out. And that year, I went from 275, um, 28 to 30% body fat to 212 and 8% in a year after tearing my PCL and having to do rehab and all that stuff. I just was like, okay, I'm going to I'm have to refine my nutrition. I'm going to have to refine how I work out. I'm going to have to do a lot more upper body cardio while I'm uh, rehabbing my knee and we're just going to figure it out. And that's what I did. <laughs> and so literally the, but what would most people do in that situation is they'd allow this situation itself to instill what, how they see it. So oh, this sucks. And I'm going to compound the problem. Like, no, 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 no. Like I, I'm going to decide the meaning of this. And so I was like, I'm going to make this an inspirational moment for people that no matter what you're going through, no matter how much it sucks, I tear my knee in that year, I lost 70 pounds and 25% body fat. In the after tearing my knee, um, it, because I decided what it meant to me, which I, I think is important. Like it's, and it goes back to many times in this show. You know, I brought up Stoic philosophy, and like one of the tenets of it is, you can't control what's done to you. You can just control your reaction. And when you get finally get to that place where you realize that you are in charge of your reaction, there is no, I had an out of control weekend. You know, I. You know, food never jumps in our mouths while we sleep. You know, it's not something we don't get stalked by a pizza and all of a sudden it's, it's, it's holding you down and forcing itself into your mouth. Like we're controlling that reaction. And, and I like the way you frame it, you know, talking about when a person has a problem and then they use food or whatever they use to, to deal with that problem. And they're just making the problems worse. And I, I think it's fantastic that you were able to pull your pull yourself through that situation and say, let me look at this as an opportunity, not as a roadblock. Exactly. And actually, one of the things I will say too, because I know I kind of went off the question what the, of like what I'm doing now, because actually one of the things that kind of instilled in that was I was about two months out and my I was probably about 235, 15% body fat at this point. I'm just like, all right, I, I'm not where I want to be. I had a goal to be sub 6% on stage. Um, and, and again, it was, it was, it was, I also was coming from a place of, I didn't care if I won. I just wanted to be the best I could. That, that's, that was honestly the, the position I was in. And so just, just standing on stage was winning. And, but I also wanted to do as best as I could. And so like my, my last two months, I was down to 1200 calories a day of 240 grams of protein, probably around 30 grams of fat. And it was like as low a carb as I could be. So I was probably sub eight to 10 carbs a day. And I was on the treadmill or on the Stairmaster for an hour and a half to two hours a day and strength training. My body was in shambles going into that bodybuilding show. Oh my gosh, my hips, my hips were in so tight. Um, I was going to, I was doing yoga and massage therapy just to keep my muscles as loose as possible. It was brutal. Um, but afterwards I had this whole plan on like the reverse diet, slowly get yourself out of, out of the caloric deficit you're in. Cause so you can kind of like, you don't shock your body. And I did a pretty poor job. <laughs> and I mean, there was, there was, yeah, I just, you had, you have what's right after this bodybuilding show is Thanksgiving. And I went to Florida and Christmas and new year's. And so 
I mean, I'm, I'm not sitting here eating 10,000 calories a day, just falling apart, but I also didn't do my plan. And I went from, I, I, was, I have a picture of it. I still looked good, but I went from 212 pounds to 258 in eight weeks. And it was wild. And so I, I, it, 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 it checked me. I still looked, I still felt good. Um, but it was, it was just wild how that happened. And so now going forward, I'm back down to 248 and my goal right now is sustainability. So I want to get down about 225 and create sustainability. That's, um, that's where I'm at today. Um, it's, it's 225 sustainability. So somewhere in that range based upon my body fat and where I want to be and health wise and the look wise. And, and so that's, that's, uh, that's the goal. Awesome. And obviously, I, I think just hearing you talk and knowing, you know, what we're, we're, we're hearing and seeing from you, there's no doubt you're going to get there, man, because you've got the mindset to do it. And one of the things that also has evolved for you along the way is, is purpose, you know, where, you know, what, what has come out of all of this for you? And like, so there is a new, you know, I, I, I don't know if venture is the right word or adventure might be a better word you know, that you've, you've embarked on with a mutual friend who we've, we've slightly name dropped a few times uh, so far. And I don't want to let his ego get too stroked, but you, you, you with, with John Arpino are now creating it. I don't want to put a word to it, you know, that comes out of my mouth because I'd rather hear it from yours, but can you take us into what, how, how ALG came to be what, and what it is. And, and even I, I'm also very like one of the things like I'm really curious about is so this is a venture that you're into, you know, this this new project with John Arpino, who's been on this show many times. Most of most people out there know him as Jarps to his chagrin. Um, I'll say it till the day I die. Um, how did you connect with John and, and, and what came out of that? And, and take us through it. Talk, take us into what's going on. Hundred percent. So how it came about was kind of funny. So I published my first book last August. Um, it's called Drop the Baggage, and the subtitle is From Suicidal Obesity to a Life of Health and Happiness. And I dropped that book in August, self-published. It's on Amazon. And um I was okay, I was like, okay, after I published it, I was like, what's gonna be my one of my catalysts for my brand? And I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna build a podcast. And so it was gonna be Drop the Baggage podcast. Um, very similar to Fat Guy Forum, honestly, um, of I wanted to speak to average everyday people who have lost and sustained over 100 pounds and just tell me their story. Like, I don't, I, I, through the experience of the last years, it's, I get so sick of this one, like I've said a couple times, one size fits all. It's just BS. Like, hearing, uh, and, and one's better than the other. It's like, oh, oh, Jarps had, had uh gastric bypass surgery so so it's not real oh shut up like i didn't have gastric bypass and that's just as good as what i did like just shut up um and so and and it, it's keto or vegan or vegetarian or and everyone's just putting on it's paleo it's somehow there everyone starts getting this ego of well my way is going to make you live to 250 years old and it's like well no so so stop it um, and so I, I, that's what the podcast is gonna be all about low ego on the how, but very much on how did you like, w exp just tell me your story. Cause, cause the way I did things may not be exactly what you need to do for your life. 
And because we all got here in different ways and, and we all and our habits and rituals of what got us there are, are different. So some people are sweet people. Some people are salt people. Some people are this. So it's like, obviously, depending on what you are and, and what you what your brain has been programmed to do is it's going to need different outcomes and, and programs to get out of it. And so I had John on my show after we'd be mutual following each other for, on Instagram for a few years, yeah, like a year and a half. And uh, jabbing back and forth. And then I was like, hey, I want you on the show. And so we had on the show and we had our hour and a half podcast because I'm, I'm, I'm like a I'm like a Joe Rogan where I just want to have authentic conversation, see where things go. And that's just the way I, I like it. And we just vibed for like an hour and a half. It was just just, just goofing off, being just our. We were very similar personalities of just like clowning. We, I mean, put it this way. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should tell this story. <laughs> it involves a male appendage. Is 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 it okay? Is uh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, it's just so we just I just we were just having conversations, and I was we both joked about the idea of if everyone has different motivations, and I was like, for anyone listening, just so you know. When you lose 150 plus pounds, you, your your penis grows. <laughs> it just does, and and so whether that's just the fat around it or whatever. And I was like, so if you want a, a bigger a bigger Johnson, get fit. <laughs> and it, we just we just vibed, and it was it was just fun. And so, um, but then we both came to the conclusion that we both wanted to get into the impacting space, but we're I don't want to be the center of attention. Like, I don't want, it's not about my story. It's not about, like, John's the same way. It's not about his story. Um, it's about creating stories. It's about creating a community that impacts each other. But we don't want to be the center of attention all the time. And so, we're like, all right, we're, we're both trying to monetize, quote unquote, and, 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 and make a difference. And so, why create competition when we can cooperate and work together? And so we just started, we, we were like, okay, cool. And so I actually never even launched my podcast because I was in the process of recording them. And, um, and basically from there, we're like, all right, we got some calls and we started just kind of masterminding about ideas of the name and the vibe and what we wanted to go for. And, and he always liked the term accountable. And I was like, okay, yeah, I agree. Like personal accountability is something that's just not talked about today. It's, it's, it's my thyroid. It's my, Picasso, it's my, it's something outside of your control that's controlling your life. And it's just, it's just not true. Like, obviously it has influence. I'm not going to deny that Picasso may, may force you to hold an extra 15 to 20 pounds that the average person doesn't, but I'm sorry, Picasso is not causing you to be 440 pounds. Like it's just, it's just not. Um, and so like, okay, accountable. And I was like, okay. And then for me personally, I want to build ALG and not, it's going to start obesity driven, like health, like building healthy habits. And because like that's John and I's experience, we have results in it and same with mental. Um, but I want it to be life. And so I break down life into six categories. So like when I think about a dated, how my days are, are planned, there's physical life, there's mental life, there's spiritual life, there's relationship life. Um, there's community life, support life, and and money. And so when I create my day, I create habits based upon all six areas to try to create a sustainable life. And so that's the long term of what John and I want to build is we're starting with physical and mental because obviously we have results. That's why I love this show and how you started. It's like 
tell me why you deserve to be on here because I've been there and I understand how to transform physically. I understand how to transform mentally because I was in such a bad place at one point. Um, and I, and I got through it. It's not like some six packed genetic specimen telling you, well, just calorie deficit. Oh, stop it. Like it's just, it's, there, there's, there's a lot more variables in that mentally. There's a lot more variables in that physiologically. It's, it's yeah, just, they've never, they don't understand it. Um, and so, so basically that, that's the sequence of events. And we start with a podcast cause it's a very, it's a very easy value. And then now we built a Discord server, um, which is basically like the the beta test. To, I want to build an app. I want to f- build a full functioning app where it's like it's just an incredible support system of people all tr- all working together to progress one percent a day to to build more personal accountability in a group in a group setting. And it's going to be results driven and not ego driven. So it's like if if your system of what you're doing is building results, great. Talk about it, share it. Like let's let's build a support system, and let's let's be able to have the tough love conversations off the server and 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 building relationships with each other. Where if someone's not doing what you know they're capable of, have those frictional conversations, have those tough love conversations, um, have that because people need both. People need um, belief instilled in them. People need like all right, this is possible, and some people need some friction some people like for me i was always given sunshine rainbows and support that's not what i needed i needed someone to slap me a little bit and be like what you're doing is not acceptable stop it like some that that tough love father figure and it ended up being me um and so i really want to build alg into a loving community of people all just working to to live a healthier, happier life, and so yeah, that's the that's the that's the gist um, of what ALG is and uh, how John and I started that. Um, obviously, right now the the main fr- the main focus is physical and mental change, and so and like physical and mental progress in in a better term. Um, and so, if anyone is looking to just be in a group of people that share. The books they're reading, the the the, the recipes they're doing, the, the everything of just a. I, I like the the Discord server especially because, I, with the political and the societal position of what social media is at right now, it's brutal. It's so negative. It's just it, it, and it, and and have the the you are what you continually read and think. And if all you're seeing on your social media is anger, anger, frustration, panic, 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 what do you think you're going to be? That's exactly what you're going to be. And so it's like, I, like that's what the Discord server is going to be for. Is it's all growth focused. It's all progress focused. And, and since I can, since since we control it, it's like we can make sure it stays in that environment where it's it's not going to be negative, negative, negative. It's like it's only progress and and growth focused. And so. That's what I like about it is like since it's so controllable, um, it'll be a nice oasis for people to go and, and get support. And I think that's needed. Like I, I think sometimes, you know, there the, you don't want to sh- live a sheltered life like by any means. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to disengage, you know, politically or anything. Those lines like, you know, with your personal beliefs and any of that, you like you're not encouraging anyone to do that. But like I think. When you want to make real lasting change in your life and tackle some of these things that are deeply ingrained in you, 
you need it's it's not that you need an echo chamber because you just don't want people telling you you know clapping back at you when you clap for yourself but you need you need somewhere where you can shine a spotlight specifically on, on these challenges and you need to be able to get honest real support and like in the name you know the accountability life group like accountability like i think that's something that people it, it's hard to find and when you do find it you realize that you were missing it you were missing it for a long time like there's a lot of people that want to lone wolf their journeys because they think that makes them strong you know specifically i think men like you know if, Classic, if i can't do, if i can't if i can't do this alone i can't do it you know and I, I think there's a difference between realizing, you know, being having to take responsibility for yourself and your actions and realizing the value of, of support and accountability and of honest feedback. And of someone who's going to say, well, yeah, you're not seeing change because what are you doing to make change? You know, you've been doing the same thing for six months. Like, what, what have you even, you know, what are you doing to, 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 to change things up? I mean, I get those messages all the time on Instagram where someone, yeah, like my favorite message is, you know, I'm do I've been doing keto for a year and I did good for six months and now I haven't had any progress for six months and I'm still doing keto. And I say, well, what does doing keto mean to you? And sometimes people don't like that question because I, I, I don't want to just know exactly what you're eating. But like, what are you actually like? What does your life look like if you're working so hard towards this goal? Are you actually working so hard towards this goal? Maybe we think we are. Like you can have it inside your head, but sometimes our minds and our actions don't line up. And that's one of the things. Like when I was first taught, you know, counseling training when I was working with students, like one of the big things that stood out to me during every round of training was where they said one of the big purposes of a counselor isn't just to acknowledge the work you're doing or the emotion a person's having. But it's to point out the discrepancies between their beliefs and their thoughts and their, their actions and say to someone, you say you want to lose 200 pounds, but you're not doing anything to move you towards that to that goal. Like, look at what you're doing. And I think the idea of a community that's based around, you know, cheering when someone has a victory, supporting someone when they're when they're at a low point, but also being able to say, Hey, what are you actually doing? You know, what's actually going on? Let's talk real about where this is at. And sometimes you need space to be able to do that. You need a place where you can lay it all out. And sometimes that can't come on a, on a news feed where things disappear after 20 seconds. Like it's somewhere where you need to be able to have some real interactive conversations. So I think it's really exciting what you guys are creating. I, I appreciate it. It's actually kind of funny because two things. Number one, um, so I have like a rules. We we built a rules tab where like you have to like read the rules and click click the thumbs up button to even get access to the 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 entirety of the the server, which is really nice. And some of the rules on there are like, all right, number one, this is a quote unquote safe place where no one's going to judge you based upon what you say. Like it, wherever you're at is where you're at. We want you to be authentic and open and transparent. But then my rule right underneath underneath it is. This is also not a pity party. You're not going to cry on this platform and act like a victim and expect people just to sit here and, and just hold your hand. Like this is actual our, our the intent is to create actual progress. And sometimes progress comes with friction. So if you think this is going to be a pity party, you got another thing coming. Like I'm, we're not we're not just going to sit here and pity you. Um, and then number two, 
it, it is so cool because it's like I, I love the fact that especially as we build this platform, it's like we're gonna have people in every position. Like we already do. It's actually it's already really it's pretty cool where um we have some people like myself and John and and I know you're on there as well and just like um that have had the full success story that have that have gone from beginning, middle, and end. Now like sustainability side of things. And then you're gonna have some people that are in the middle of their transformation. They're 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 just getting that momentum. But there's also people I'm really excited about the, a buddy of mine who just joined the platform. I, I we we had met once or twice before through mutual friends. He lives in Grand Rapids. Um, he just hit his ultimate low. He posted on Facebook this really emotional post, and I under I understood what he meant. He was talking about feeling trapped. He was talking about feeling. He's actually so he's for, he's actually I I, I got to get him connected with you. Um, he's in his mid forties. He's 550 pounds, and um, he and he's he just he needs the change. He he truly has hit that point. Um, and so he just joined the platform, and it's just kind of cool. And it was like one of the first things I want to do is instill belief. And so I had like myself, John, and other people on the platform. It's like we've been there. Like here's my transformation. I I understand. And because I commented on his post, and I was like, bro. I've been there. I understand where you're at. And, and, and like, and I, I didn't, I didn't pit, like, I didn't sit here and say woohoo and stuff like that. I was like, I just, I, I just, I just messaged, I understand. And he commented, he was like, David, you're the only one that comments, commented that actually understands. And, and so it was actually a really emotional moment. Um, but I'm just excited to see on the platform where it's like, he's now going to be able to get support from people who've actually physically done it. Like, it's not just theory. It's not just like, go to a general psychologist that has never dealt with this and try to like, it's like, no, we get it. And like, we, we understand. Um, so that's what I'm excited about is just being results focused and people from an actual position of results teaching on results. <laughs> well, I, I think that sounds amazing. And one of the things I will say is we will, we're going to put links to everything, you know, the ALG podcast and, and how to get to the server, all of those things. Uh, in the show notes today. So, you know, if you're listening and you're trying to figure out how you're going to find this this awesome community, uh, it's going to be there for you guys. Like, and don't worry, you'll be able to make that connection. So you've got the podcast up and going. You guys are, you know, we're a few weeks. It's, it's, it's brand new. You know, you're probably, what are we, you know, ep, we're heading towards like episode eight coming out, eight Correct. or nine this week. Um, yeah, episode talking. eight this week. Right. So it's it's starting to to build that presence you're starting to get it and it, it i love watching you know people when they're new at doing something you know as they evolve you know into their their you know just their host banter and things along those lines so like i think you guys are doing a really great job at clarify you know clearly putting out there the message you want to get out there but also remaining genuine to yourselves um as you're talking to people and i think that's that's fantastic and i i'm really just excited to see where it goes and so I, I would say, like we, you know, we've we've kind of been going through your journey, man, and, and now kind of into this next step. Like, what are the big things that stand out for you that are coming next, and whether that's for you or for ALG? Like, what 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 comes next for David? So for me, um, real, I'm at a stage now where it's I want to create real controlled impact is the easiest way to explain it because obviously like um 
I, I have a decent Instagram following and I have social media following and, and I, I get a lot of messages and questions of like, Hey, you've helped me. Hey, but I want to, I want to create a system behind it where it's like, you can actually see it in front of you uh, is, is where I'm at now is like that is just like creating a, uh, whatever that system is to help impact lives directly, not so indirectly. Uh, and that's where like John and ALG is all about is just creating direct impact as much as possible. Honestly, I, I have massive goals when it comes to just helping the average person just create more progress, sustainability and growth in their life. I, like, I, I want to help millions, millions like that's 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 the, the goal I have and set for me. Um, and it starts with one person at a time. And so it's like whoever is reaching out and wants to to to, to have that and is, is coachable and teachable. Uh, that's where I'm at in, in my today life is like, all right, how can I impact as many people as possible in a positive light? That that's where I'm at in my life. Well, I I for one have no doubt that that you're gonna make that happen, man. And if there's someone listening who wants to get on board or you know connect with you, like. Where is the best, what are the best ways for them to find you, man? Yeah. So, um, fit underscore D rock is all my social medias. So Instagram, TikTok, we got you on TikTok, baby. <laughs> I, I will say it's, it's funny because I was watching some of your, I, your, I follow you on TikTok. I'm new to TikTok and just, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a jungle. It's so there's so much. It is a jungle. It's. I'm just really glad that it's not 95% of people spraying Windex on mirrors anymore, and we've moved past that trend. <laughs> uh, but I just like one of the things I love seeing people do, you know, is is the way they're interacting on on TikTok. And I, I saw, you know, you posted a really emotional like, a moment for you, like kind of hitting hitting this 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 milestone, kind of like with a, your pace running, and got immediate clapback comments. And I love that you didn't let it go. Like, I, I, I think mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's something there where there's such an anonymity to, to commenting on social media and yeah, you know, we don't want to be petty or anything along those lines, but sometimes it's fun to be able to say, no, I can now click a button and respond right away to what you said to me. And you, you, that person who tried to shame you for your pacing, you know, you were able to kind of yep. come back a little bit and say, Hey. No, I'm not letting this go. I'm not letting this go by unnoticed. I, I think I think we're, that could be a whole oh, podcast sure. in oh, itself. God, for sure. On ch children need to learn respect. Mm. <laughs> it's oh, and it's it, you're right, and it, it in some ways, like you know, I, I almost feel like that's a a seventh level of of accountability oh that, that can be worked on someday. And I'm sure we could probably go off for another two hours and get both of us banned from social media in the end for for some of what we talk about, but. Or, or at the very least, John would listen and shake his head. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's I, I don't want to I didn't want to derail your answer to the question of how people find you, but I did want to point out. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. I so do, so I do Fit D Rock yeah, on all social medias. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So Fit D Rock on all social medias. My I, I'll get my email if definitely. anyone wants to email me. It's 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 Fit D Rock at gmail .com. Um, That's always a go to. And then the best communication is obviously getting connected with the Discord server because that's where I spend most of my focus. Um, cause it's just, it's, it's nice to do that way. It consolidates everything. Um, 
but yeah, that's those those are the platforms, and uh, yeah, it is it is interesting on social media as a, as a whole where it's like, yeah, there, there's so much anonymity in social media where people think they can say and do what they want. It's like, uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's we'll say it's interesting, and we'll, we'll move past it so we don't we don't get ourselves in trouble. Um, Truth for sure, man. So. David, I've just really appreciated you kind of taking us into this journey you've been on today. And one of the things that I do at the end of every every discussion is I've got five questions I call the Fat Guy Five that I take everyone through. Are you ready for your blast? Fire away, baby. <laughs> okay, as I'm, my allergies today, are, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, so question number one, as always, living or dead, David, tell us who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, uh living or dead who's my f- as in like fat guy transformation or is fat guy in general whatever you want to do whatever you want to do i've had people pick chris farley there we go that he is 97 percent of the response that i get he is 90 97 <laughs> i've said that when i start the fat guy forum awards the lifetime achievement award is going to be called the chris farley um because I it's, it's the go-to it's the go-to but he also is the goat himself in many ways um question number two david Tell us what is one lesson being a fat guy has taught you? Hmm. I would say being a, I I would say the biggest thing for me, it's in like, for example, I don't regret my 400 pound life. I don't regret it at all. I, I, I love the fact that God put me in that position because now it gives me the ability to impact so many lives because I've been through it. Um, so I would say the number one thing for me of, of that, of that life is I appreciate it. Like I appreciate and understand perspectives so much more than I ever did. Cause otherwise I would have been some, some, some rich white kid because your dad's a doctor. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I, I, I love that, man. I love that perspective. Question number three, though, thinking about it, what is one piece of advice you would go back in time and give your past self? Hmm. So it, it's always like I remember I'm a I'm very at peace with um with my past. So it's it's a tough one because I, I, I when we had London on our podcast, he made the same statement. I don't think I would actually give my I wouldn't tell him anything because I wouldn't want it to change who I am today. Uh, in all honesty, like I love where I'm at today. I love who I am. And if anything changed in my past, I don't know if I'd be in this exact position. So I really honestly wouldn't tell my past anything. I like it. I like that a lot. Question number four, man. Speaking of love, tell us one thing about yourself that you love. Ooh. Um, I love the, I love my ability to be able to see perspectives, even if I don't agree with them. Um, like when someone says like, I I love the fact that I'm okay with dropping my ego and seeing from someone else's perspective, um, to understand why they think the way they think. I I love that about myself. That's awesome, man. And question number five, and I'm actually going to add a qualifier to make this one a little more challenging for you. So you don't go to the easy answer. All righty. So question number five at the base is you're going to tell us one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related. And I'm going to count ALG into that. So it can't be a goal. 
that involves that okay. venture. So there's your question, man. Hmm. So we'll we'll say it. Um, so we're not doing we're not doing there. We're not doing there. I would say a goal outside of that front would be. I don't like to put timelines on it, but I've been in the process of actually trying to find a girlfriend. So like that, that's up there relationship. I'm also, I don't settle. So it's like, obviously I'm in the, I'm in the position that I really want one, but I'm also not gonna be like, if I don't have a girlfriend the next year, I'm going to settle for something I don't want. So, um, I would say I am focusing on relationships and, and having it like I go on, I, I set a goal. Like I said, I have it for myself. I go on two dates a month. Um, and so like, I, I, I would say in the next year, I would love to have some type of, at least in a position of having a relationship. Well, there you go, man. You're speaking it into existence. Uh, as I know, John, would, yeah. John would say, um, <laughs> you know, I had to, I had to bring that back for him. So David, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you being willing to share everything that you did with our audience. I'm just happy to be on here. I appreciate you uh, asking me on here. Honest. Awesome. Well, it was it was totally my pleasure, man. And my pleasure to have you on today. And as I mentioned, all of, of David's links are going to be in the podcast show notes today. So if you're interested in getting getting with him on that Discord server or just reaching out through Instagram or dropping an email, uh, please make sure that it's not just sending him a PDF of the latest uh, diet plan that, that you have. Um, because that that tends <laughs> that tends to be all the emails my show email gets, so you might get a couple of those from people trolling the apps. But Classic. you'll be able to connect with him. You can also connect with me, obviously, on Instagram at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto. You can find me on Twitter at gourmet goes keto. You can email the show at the fat guy forum at gmail dot com, and you can also find out more about working with me as your coach on the keto dot com slash coach dash mike. So my friends, thank you for journeying, journeying with us again today on the Fat Guy Forum. Remember to go out there and do something today to amaze yourself because you're some pretty amazing people. And then come on back for the next episode.